Very good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's very good to be uh, with you all this morning and to uh, be able to share in your worship. Um, stand here, of course, uh, week by week, and uh, but it's lovely to look out on uh, a new sea of faces. And uh, of course, it's great that we're able to do these things together. It uh, it truly is. Hope to not drop too many Anglicanisms into. Uh, <laughs> into what I want to say this morning, but of course a great comfort to me to have candles alight this morning. Uh, always a great comfort. <laughs> okay. Well, during uh, this season of Advent, of course, we, we have a, a real mix uh, of the sparkle of Christmas that's already here, all around us in our shops and uh, on our TV screens. Um, but in our church life, we think very much during Advent of our spiritual preparation for Christmas. And uh, indeed, we also think about uh, those who prepared, helped us to prepare for that first, that very first Christmas. And this morning, uh, we're going to consider uh, John the Baptist, one who very much helped prepare the way for our Lord. And in leading into uh, what I want to say this morning, just want to uh, read a few verses from Scripture. And they come from uh, John's Gospel, chapter 1, and it starts to read at verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. You'll hardly need me to remind you, I'm sure, that in just three weeks' time we'll actually light all the candles on our Advent ring. Um, as we celebrate uh, Christmas Day. And Advent, of course, gives us that signal that God loved the world so much that he was willing to enter into an adventure that actually cost him the death of his son. And that love continues, and one day will be the reason for his coming again as saviour and judge of all. And our response to all of that can be very varied indeed. And one response, which I like to reflect upon at this time of year, if I get the chance, and I have this morning, is that sketch from Tony Hancock in a classic episode of his TV series, The Blood Day. Yeah? And I want to share a few words, a few words from that with you this morning. And in that particular episode, he boasts of his gifts to charity, which are all written down in a little black book and it goes it goes like this <coughs> half a crown to Arab refugees one shilling and threepence for lifeboats sixpence to Christian aid five bob to help the aged self-denial week ninepence and when that great audit day comes and the great accountant says to me and what did you do I shall put my hand on my little black book and say, 
Here you are, mate. Add that little lot up. <laughs> well, it was uh, a good story for sure, but our preparation for Christ's coming is rather more than a few notes in a book of some contributions made whilst upon life's journey. And we could consider our own relationship with God, the way it changes lives, something of a friendship perhaps that takes us through life, facing the darker moments as well as the good. Something to do with God breaking into our lives, bringing meaning and joy by Jesus coming to us as a human being and by his suffering, dying and rising for us. Our lives have both meaning and hope. And our opening gospel sentences that I read a moment ago tell us that John the Baptist was a man sent from God and that he came as a witness, as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light. And what I ask you to do this morning is to hold on to these very few words. He came as a witness to testify. He came as a witness to testify. Just keep those at the front of your mind for the next few moments because they're very much at the focus of what I want to say uh, this morning. With some variants that's particular to each, uh, all of the Gospels introduce the message that someone is coming. A message that was foretold, of course, in the Old Testament. And in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7, we would hear these lovely words. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation. And Isaiah again from chapter 40. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. There's a common belief that there were particular followers of uh, John the Baptist who sought to make him more than just a witness who had come to testify about another. They wanted to focus very much upon his actions and the things that he didn't say. John, though, was very careful to suppress any such notion. And he said, I'm not the Messiah, I'm not Elijah, neither am I a prophet. And in all that he does and says, he makes it perfectly clear that he prepares for the way for someone that they do not know. One of whom John considers himself unworthy even to untie the thong of that man's sandals. And we do well, I think, to hold at the forefront of our minds also that all we do is by the grace of God to further the coming of his kingdom where we are, where we are in this place. None of us know when that opportunity to testify is going to present itself. You just hope that when it does, you will somehow be ready, that you will have something to say. I stumbled quite recently on the ministry of actor and author Rob Lacey, writer of, among other things, the Street Bible. Written, of course, in very modern language, and the sort of thing that we don't hear in the Anglican Church very much, uh, very much at all. Sadly, I'd have to say. 
Someone reflecting on Rob's work wrote these words. Here is Rob again doing what he spent most of his life doing, communicating the truth of God to a world that desperately needs to hear, but finds it hard to understand. And another comment on Rob's work, Rob is fluent of the language of the street and of the heart. And just a snippet of Rob's work for you this morning to remind you of uh, his style of writing. Okay, Moses gave us the contract, but Jesus the liberator gave us God's gift and God's truth. Loads better. Who's seen God? No one. But we've seen his only son Jesus. And you don't get closer than that. End of quote. <coughs> Whatever the language, we share the same journey of faith. Our path may not always be straight. At times it feels anything but. However, by God's grace, we do not have to make this journey alone. And we can surely give thanks that we receive so much to empower us for our Christian journey. And from personal experience, I think I can safely say that whilst actions speak louder than words, there may well come a time when words are actually very important. We do all need to be able to articulate our faith so that when that moment comes, when you are asked to speak about God, and those moments certainly do come, you make sure that you have something to say. How easy, I wonder, do you? find it to talk about God. We accept that we're all different and some will surely find it far easier, easier than others. We will all use our own words which can be borne out by our own experiences of how God has influenced our own lives. That type of testimony can be something that you really do have to work at. But if we too are witnesses for Christ then we do have to be able to tell what we know because we are all witnesses, aren't we? <clears throat> Witness, to hear or see by personal experience. That's what the dictionary says. So are we not all witnesses then, all the time seeing and hearing? How often does God come up in our conversation? How often is God on our lips? In anything we really want to do, we have to continuously work at it to hone it and improve it, to develop our skills and develop our gifts with God's blessing, for sure. I had a colleague who, because of an office restructure, found herself in a court officer's job. It was actually my old job. Right? I'd moved on to something new. And she was very good at the office base part, but when it came to standing up in court, she was very apprehensive. And it took several months of encouragement and support before she felt able to go it alone. Now, well, she still gets nervous, but she remains in control. And in court, of course, the clerk will ask you questions. Who are you? What did you see? What did you do? Who was it? So, members of the congregation, I ask you, have you seen or heard something that provides evidence of God in our world today? Something that you 
can share with others. And I put it to you, members of the congregation, that you have. I put it to you that you are here this morning because you know something, absolutely something of God in your lives. And are you willing to share it? Or will you remain silent? If someone asks, will you tell? The trouble is, they may not ask. They may not know that you are a witness. Or will you come forward without the need for a summons? You've all seen the unfortunate sign on the roadside, accident in this place 10 o'clock yesterday or whenever. Did you see anything? If you saw something, you have a duty to others, to yourself, to God, to testify, to tell someone that you were a witness. So I ask you again, members of the congregation, have you seen or heard something about God, something that you can share? Some people, and I referred to this earlier on, we're also different, and our sort of ability to do that sharing, that testimony, uh, varies within each and every one of us. And if you went back a few years, well, you would have witnessed that in me. You know, I didn't speak then. If I go back, you know, 15 years, I didn't speak then as I do now. But nonetheless, some people just have a particular blessing from God, don't they? In the way that they can speak, in the way that they can articulate. And it appears that their talents somehow are endless. And what might take us an enormous amount of time and effort to achieve, they apparently knock out with little effort. How frustrating is all of that. I just wanted to share with you this morning uh, a thought for the day that one of my uh, colleagues uh, previously wrote. And uh, my colleague was Bob, and he had been on a visit to York Minster. And the whole visit clearly inspired him, because on the way back on the train, he wrote this, and, and I just thought it was incredible. And when the time is right, he comes to be. To be the Christ. To be the baby boy. To be the sacrifice. To be the perfect choice. To be the source of joy. The time is right. He comes to you and me. And now the time has come in him to be. Our historic centres of Christian worship can be such inspiring places, can't you? Like that place at York Minster. It's not just to do with the architecture, is it? But it's the knowledge that so many have gone before you in those places and the walls are positively filled with prayer and earlier worship. The worn steps are evidence that so many have made a pilgrimage to those places to worship, to pray, to celebrate, to seek comfort in times of trouble. Each one, each time they climb those steps, a response to God in their lives. Over the next three weeks, there will be much outward testimony to the reality of the birth of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. School carol services, the carol services here of course, Christmas carols while we shop choristers in the street. And we will all be a part of that testimony. We will each have an opportunity, many 
I think actually, to talk about what Christmas means to each one of us. John the Baptist came as a witness to testify to the light, that true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. Well, he didn't know Jesus at that time. He couldn't go into detail of what was going to happen. What he knew, he told. Among you, he said, stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. But with what he did know, he still brought people closer to God. So I wonder, are the words that we started with still there in your mind? He came as a witness to testify. We are all witnesses to evidence also of God's love and hope in this world. Living, walking, talking evidence of that hope and of that love. Evidence that is alive, working in this world, on the bus, in the shops, in the workplace, in this world which often struggles to find real meaning. And so you can do it, I know you can do it. And when you get the chance, share God with others. Make friends, talk, listen. Let others know something of this Jesus, this Christmas. Amen.